hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy. This is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well and how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating, of course, with this system. So lots of information, lots of case studies, lots of stats. We go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases, the three phases of HA and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much in this 60-minute masterclass. Y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass. Hey, and welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast, an adulting advice podcast production. I'm Danny Sheriff, and this is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. Let's dive in. And guys, please remember that I am not a doctor and nothing on this show should be taken as medical advice. Always seek the advice of your physician. I'm inviting you to something really special, like really, really special. But first, let me ask you something. Are you trying to get your period back and constantly asking yourself the same questions, going back and forth on what you should be doing? Wishing you had someone around you who understood what the heck HA even is and what is going on. Are you worried that your partner might explode if you say the word HA again with the acronym? You know what I mean? Then this is absolutely going to be for you. It's the HA Society, <laughs> a community for women with HA to lean on each other and gain support and knowledge about HA that's going to help them get their period back. There's a message board 
It's kind of like a Facebook group board, you know, weekly community calls where we meet face to face and talk and actually connect on issues around HA. We have events with practitioners and experts for you to ask questions to learn about HA and to learn more about it than you could ever learn from just listening to some podcasts and reading some books. And we also have early access to the HA podcast episodes so you can be ahead of the game. And also, and what makes this even more special is that your group coaches, Ashley Smith and myself, are available to you for questions and support in the DMs along with any of the other members you want to connect with. Because reality is there's a lot of ladies in there who know just as much as we do. So you get your own coaches for, you know, life. (laughs) You can come in and DM us anytime you have a question. You could check in every single week or every single day, like however it works for you. As a member of this group, you have all the access you need for your individual needs. So this group is different because it's not an open group. It opens once per month so that I can welcome you in and get to know you properly. And when you join, you get the opportunity to actually meet and connect with the other HAs and build those real friendships and most importantly, not feel alone in all of this. So join the waitlist today and I will personally invite you to join when the doors open up. So either head to the link in the show notes of this episode or just go to waitlist.thasociety.com. That's waitlist.thasociety.com. Or if you would like to read and learn more about the HA Society right now, just head to thehasociety.com. Thasociety.com. Okay. Hey everyone and welcome back to the HA podcast. I am here with Caitlin, Caitlin Blair or Caitlin Hartwig. Which one are you right now? Because I see both names. I am officially a Blair. Blair. And so I haven't quite gotten around to switching everything yet, but I'm a Blair. (laughs) I feel like I feel like that's everyone's situation. Yeah. And especially with was impossible to get your name switched so we just kind of put that on the back burner <laughs> gotcha okay well welcome to the show Caitlin Caitlin is a part of the HA society and her and I work together with her HA so I'm excited to just get her to tell you her story you know how I like you guys to hear different stories um so Caitlin tell us where you where you are like where you live, who you are, and when your relationship with not having period began. All right. Well, hello. Um, I live in Arizona. I am a first grade teacher. And my journey kind of started my, I would say, senior year of high school into college. I was always an athlete in high school. Um, our senior year of high school into college. Um, I was always an athlete in high school. I swam, I did cheer. So I was always moving and never really worried about food because I was working out so much with my sports that I didn't really have to worry about it. Um, and then going into my freshman year of college, I obviously wasn't playing sports anymore and noticed, um, a little bit of weight gain that I wanted to kind of get rid of and just work on, 
being active on my own and not relying on a sport to do it for me. So getting into the gym on my own and making healthy choices on my own. And in college, a lot of things are changing and, you know, you're trying to find yourself and trying to find new friends and all of that. And I just felt like working out and eating healthy was something that I could control. And when I do something, I'm the kind of person that does it 110%. And so I started working out, I started eating healthy, but over time, I got way too obsessed with it. And things just kind of took a turn from there that I didn't realize at the time. Um, but looking back, I can, I lost a lot of weight in a short amount of time. Um, my life had completely changed. I would never skip a day at the gym. I was eating like 900 calories, maybe a day that was, would be like a high day. Um, and I had just like a lot of food fear. Wow. I like, don't even know how you could eat only 900 calories. Like, what is that? (laughs) Nothing. I like when I was thinking back, a lot of my meals in college were micros. Like I would only eat vegetables. I was the vegetable queen. Um, I had horrible digestion because of all the fiber I was getting all the time. I was bloated all the time because of all the fiber, but I just kind of dealt with it because I knew I was eating quote unquote healthy. Um, I feared protein. This was back when I didn't know anything about macros, but I feared protein thinking that that was going to make me bulky. I feared carbs because of (laughs) that same thing with fat It has the word in it. So why would I eat it? Like I would make a salad with veggies and I would use Frank's hot sauce as my dressing because it was zero calories. And that's just kind of how I lived my life. Um, In my sophomore year of college, I had lost my period for a year from like when I started this until that year. So I had a full year without my period um, and I wasn't on birth control or anything at the time. And so I came home for like a summer and my mom took me to the doctor just to kind of see what was going on. They ran tests and they said like, oh, it's probably just because you're performing like an athlete. You know, a lot of gymnasts lose their period. Um, It's really normal for people that work out all the time. So let's just put you on birth control. And so from that time until I was 25, I had been on birth control the entire time. Still never got my period. But every time I asked a doctor, they said that it was fine. And some people just don't get their period on birth control. So I didn't think anything of it. And then um, in the midst of that, probably from age like 23 to 25, I started macro counting. And that really, really saved my life because I was still at a point where I was really restricting my food. I would restrict and then binge and restrict and then binge all through college. And I found macro counting and that really changed my life. And to see that your body can eat more food and you will be okay. And taught me, you know, what each macro does for your body. And so I slowly learned how to count my macros and work my calories up. So when I had started my HA journey, I was already eating close to 2000 calories because I had worked myself up to that. Um, 
but also still had that mindset where I had a lot of food anxiety, like going to a party or an event gave me an anxiety. Um, I was still working out all the time, would never miss a workout. So there was still that stress behind it that was kind of holding me back. Um, and then in October of 2020, my husband and I got married and we were ready to start a family right away. So I got off birth control like the day after the wedding and nothing happened. I, in the back of my mind, I was nervous that this was going to happen, but I was like, I don't know, maybe since I was macro counting, it would be fine. Um, but a month went by, two months went by, nothing happened. Went to the doctor, had blood work done. They said everything was fine. Had an ultrasound done, said everything was fine. And after two, we had, it had been two months since we started trying and she referred me to a fertility doctor. And that's when I was like, whoa, it's only been two months. I'm not going to go spend all this money on fertility treatment when we're not really even sure what the problem is. So after that, I was like very taken back. And that's when I found um, no period. Now what? So I read that book in like two days and I knew right then that I needed to start my journey on that. And on January 18th was when I went all in. Cool. So there's yeah. so much, I have a question um, quickly. You might've already said it. So sorry if I just like blanked, but um, do you remember when you were tracking macros, what you had worked your calories back up to? Yeah, I was eating close to 2000 calories by the time, but of course there was like before my wedding, I was lower because, you know, everyone wants to look good for their wedding. And then after my wedding, I had worked my calories slowly back up because I knew in the back of my mind that getting my period was going to be an issue. When you were, uh, shredding for the wedding, um, do you remember how long you did that process for and what your calorie restriction was at that point? I think I, my calories were still pretty high, like 1600 calories. That's um, not high. <laughs> but compared to my, you, nine, it, yeah. right. Like comparing it to, or even 1200 calories. So to me, you're right. That felt high. Um, and I was strength training five days a week mm. um, and then doing cardio on my other two rest days. So they were rest days per my coach, but I was at least getting in like a walk or two on those rest days just to like get my steps in and all of that. So I need in. Yeah. Yes. No, I feel you. Okay. So that story painted a really good picture for a lot of people, like young athletic doctors tell you that's pretty normal. Okay, cool. Go on the pill, not experiencing period on the pill, assuming that they're related. You have an intuitive hunch, which is interesting that it's probably not going to come or it could not come back after you get off the pill, but maybe. And I love this this display of like, you went from, you know, a history of 900 calories up all the way up to 2000 and a little bit ebbing and flowing in between. And, you know, a lot of people would feel like I upped my calories by so much. Like I right. should be seeing 
a period by this point. Um, I can't even do the math, but what even is it? What's 2000 minus 900? 110 um, or one, 100. So that's like... In numbers, a big jump, but right. you still right. didn't get a cycle back. So it's super, it just paints a really good picture for people of like, it's, it takes a long time and a yeah. lot of food sometimes, depending on yeah. where you're starting. And I truly think that the exercise was a big factor for me too. Like just to sit my booty on the couch and not do anything and learn to be okay with it because for the first week that I went all in I had so much like anxiety and stress over not doing anything and that stress also plays a big factor um and I think just being in the HA society and like learning and talking to other people really really helped me not have so much stress around it but I think my body just needed the two hand in hand and it wasn't like food or exercise. It had to be both in order for my period to come back. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause you just said you were doing strength training, like five days, six days a week. Yeah. Five days a week. Yeah. That, I mean, it's the perfect storm. It's right. I would think it was crazy if you were cycling through that. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. Okay, cool. So you said you found the book and things moved really fast for you in terms of like making decisions, right? Even though it was hard. I don't know. Tell me a little more about that. Like from the moment that you discovered, I have this thing called HA, what was the process actually like of taking the steps you needed to take and what things happened? When I read the book, I knew that they were talking directly to me. Like I just it was me, everything they talked about, every, you know, all the stories and the examples, it was me to the core. And I had started following some people on Instagram that teach about HA. And so that was kind of helpful just to get some background knowledge a little bit more than the book. But in the back of my mind, and like I said, at the beginning, I'm somebody that if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it 110%. So when I was going to lose weight, I did it and I did it in a horrible way and it developed an eating disorder. And then now if I'm going to do this, I'm just going to do it. And the reason why I had that motivation, especially for going all in was because if I was going to be the person that hindered David and I to not be able to start a family, I couldn't live with that. So I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure that it's not me. So if, you know, who knows if he has issues and I wasn't even going to go there until I figured out myself first. And obviously getting your period back is the number one thing in order for, you know, productive system to be going. But that was just kind of my motivation behind it. If I am preventing us not being able to start our family, like I would not be okay with that. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of my motivation behind it. Um, And like I said, I had went on vacation with a couple of, we went with another couple to a cabin and we were there for a couple of nights. So that kind of, I was like, well, I'm already not working out and I'm already eating whatever, you know, we brought and we're making, and I'm not counting my calories or my macro. So this is just going to be my starting point. 
So we got to the cabin. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm doing it. And then we came home and I just continued. So that was kind of like my starting point to going all in. Um, and I just, I think I went on a couple of walks, but then I was also like in my head, I would always be like, well, if I can prevent going on a walk, maybe it's going to speed this up. And that was also a big factor in it was I didn't want to like dilly dally in this and like kind of count my macros or kind of hit um, 2,500 or kind of work out. I just wanted to do it all at once so I could get it over with. Yeah. That's the, I always, I never resonate with those people. <laughs> that was like <laughs> so hard for me, but there are yeah. so many girls out there that can do that. But you did mention, um, you know, it was hard for you to not exercise. Was that the hardest part to, to give up? Yeah. I feel like the exercise was way harder than the food because I had worked my calories up to 2000 eating 500 more. Wasn't that big of a deal. Um, it, but the exercise was the hardest. Yeah. Yeah. Just and I like I'm eating, but not being able to move it was what really I had. a hard, Yeah. Yeah. That's a really, um, that hits home for me. It's just like, I'm eating this excess food, whatever, you know, in your head, you're like this excess food. And normally my MO is to utilize it for a workout. So it's really like messing with my habits and even my my addiction here a little bit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Would you like some one-on-one support to get your cycle back? Or how about to get it back and then actually get pregnant? Or not even all that, but to simply get back your actual life and be able to leave this whole, where's my cycle nonsense behind you? I certainly have felt that way. So I know exactly what that's like. And that's why you can work with either me, Danny, or Ashley, my amazing co-coach, one-on-one. We help women keep sight of what's most important in recovery, set tactical, tangible goals, and create game plans to help them get their cycles on track. And we would love to do that with you. So when you sign up with us, we'll go over your history together, your biggest obstacles and your goals, and we'll start making a plan to reach them. Then, Depending on your preference, you'll meet with us either weekly or bi-weekly to go over the week that was and plan again for the week ahead. So you always know what your next steps are and you always have the validation of a coach who doesn't just understand but has actually been through this as well and we've walked before you. Ashley and I have helped so many women get their cycles back, get pregnant and get back to life and we would love to help you get there too. And fun fact, all of our clients get access to the HA Society included in their coaching fee. So if you want to read more about um, other women's experiences, women that have worked with us, and book a free 15-minute consult with me to see if we're a good fit, head to thehasociety.com forward slash coaching. That's thehasociety.com forward slash coaching. And I know I've talked about this a lot in the HA Society, but like 
being the fit girl is like what I'm known as. And so now there's this, my life is flipped upside down. And what are people thinking? Like, why am I gaining all this weight when I'm so adamant about going to the gym and eating healthy? And, you know, are people going to think I'm already pregnant when I'm really just gaining weight? Like there was all these questions that would go, that would make it that much harder. Did you have any situations with other people that like freaked you out or shook you in any way? I had in like the nicest way possible. I had a couple people ask me because I carry all my weight in my lower body. So my legs and my booty, um, my upper body really never changes. It's just my lower body. Um, but I did have a couple people ask me like, Oh, are you doing different workouts? Like your butt looks bigger. (laughs) Compliment like, Oh, your butt looks bigger. But to me, I'm Oh my God, they can tell. And that was really hard. And the clothes too. I hadn't mentioned that yet, but having to completely throw away my wardrobe and buy my shirts still fit. Like I said, I don't carry weight in my upper body, but all my pants, like my work pants, my jeans, I had to buy all new clothes. So all of that, yeah, was definitely hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Facing the tangible reality of the weight that you have gained is, yeah, is hard. I absolutely went through that too. Um, I think, I think we all have to go through that. So yeah, it was just a milestone for you. Um, at what point did you, uh, so like fill in the, the gap here for me. So you, we're like, okay, this is what I need to do. I'm going to do it. Let's rock. And that was January. What did you say? 38. 8th. 18th. Oh. One eight. I was yes. going to say the 8th is my birthday. No. Okay. Uh. So, and then you and I met not that long ago. Um, Just, I would say like a week after I went all in. Oh, okay. Oh, so just feels like, I guess it's only March. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, that makes sense then. Yeah. So, so you were fresh in now you were saying I went all in and we're good to go. And then I remember that you and I went through your food intake. Yeah. And I would say it didn't look like what most people would say all in is. So can you tell me a little bit about what your version of all in looked like food wise? So I think, yeah, for me, I, at the beginning of going all in, I tracked my food to make sure I was eating 2,500 calories. Um, And then I kind of, as I am, I'm just a creature of habit. So I typically eat the same foods throughout my week. Um, so I knew what it looked like, but I think where you're coming from is my version of all in looks different in the sense of it was still pretty healthy. I wasn't eating pizza every day. I was just finding ways to substitute and add more calorie dense food into the meals that I was already having so that it didn't feel like such a shock, which I think really helped me. Um, So for example, like for lunches, I would usually make these bowls and I would do cauliflower rice, um, a protein and a veggie, and then 
put some like dressing or salsa over it. And when I went all in, then I made the change to do white rice and like a serving and a half, like a good amount of rice where I could get in a lot of calories without really eating a lot of food or being super full. Um, my protein, I tried to get protein that had more fat in it. So like chicken sausages and stuff like that, instead of really lean meat. Um, and then loading up on the dressings and, you know, adding almonds or walnuts to stuff like that, like salads and stuff. So I would say that my version of all in was more healthy during the week. And then on the weekends would, is when I would more splurge. So we would go get like burritos or pizza or burgers and stuff like that. Um, but during the week, definitely, I would say I was kind of more still health-based, but reaching those calories. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you walked us through that. I, I appreciate that. I think a lot of people are working through, um, fear foods and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that too, and see how that was for you. But especially because your goal was to conceive, you know, you want to create an environment for your, your baby. And right. to, yeah. To, yeah. And so when we look at what foods you were eating prior, right. Cauliflower rice, um, zero, con, zero calorie condiments, those kinds right. of things. Yeah. It's like pretty easy for you to stick with the same themes mm-hmm. and still make changes to get significantly more calories in. And it sounds right. like it was delicious. Personally. Yeah. <laughs> and just like little things that you don't think about, like for pre-workout meal, I would have rice cakes. So mm-hmm. now I'm having toast, like just eating like those changes with more calories that really aren't taking up any more room in your stomach to make you feel full all yeah. day long. It's a really sustainable approach. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people go ham on an approach that makes them not feel so good super fast. Yeah. So yeah, I like those little tips. Um, what about the, you said on the weekend, you ate some more fun stuff. What prior to that, would you not do that? And then like going, going all in or taking this journey, you started to introduce new foods. Yeah. Um, I would say prior, I would have like one quote unquote free meal a week. And so like either Friday or Saturday nights, my husband and I would order dinner and I would get whatever I wanted. So if it was like a burger and fries or pizza or whatever. Um, but then on the weekends now going all in, I was, um, we are like very more like adamant about going out and just like eating different stuff. And of course my husband's like excited, like we get to eat this. Cause normally I would never eat yeah. that stuff. So he loved it. Um, I would say my hardest part about that though, was actually picking the food because when I'm looking at the menu, those tendencies still come back to be like, okay, which one is probably the least amount of calories or Mm -hmm. has protein and not a lot of fat in it and stuff like that. Um, and so oftentimes I would ask like my husband, what he's getting, and I would just order something similar to what he's getting to kind of take the guesswork out of my brain and just be like, I'll get whatever you're getting. Um, same thing with like dessert. I would normally eat dessert every night, but my 
form of dessert would be um, like protein ice cream Mm. with like toppings on it. And so that switch was, you know, we would get real ice cream or he would, you know, get a craving for ice cream and he'd be like, do you want some? And normally my initial answer is always no, but I just really had to like take a second and just say yes, say yes to the food, no matter what. So little changes like that and having him kind of just push me and be like, yeah, you want it, (laughs) you can eat it. And like having him on my side helped. Yeah. I think you told me he asked you for one ice cream and he was probably already thought you were going to say no. And you said yes. And he was like, yeah, what? Yeah. (laughs) Really? ordering his and he's like out of you know courtesy like do you want some and I'm he's like (laughs) let me go back and change my order because normally it's just a no but yeah so little changes like that I just had to not get too much in my head and just have my answer always be yes or if we were eating just kind of order what he's ordering to kind of take you know the guesswork out of my brain or, you know, those ED tendencies come back. And that really helped me. Well, well, it sounds like he has really enjoyed the process too. <laughs> yes. Okay. He, and I will say for those of you going through the HA journey and you have a partner, um, have them read the section in the book that is dedicated to the partners because at first he didn't understand anything I was trying to tell him and he was just kind of like are you sure you're not self-diagnosing yourself like are you getting too extreme and then I had him read that chapter and he came back and he was like okay this is you to a T I support you like you know you can do it so for those of you that are trying to do it by yourself have your partner read that because it'll be very helpful yeah that's cool love the advice yeah So then we got together, we looked through your food, the changes, we already talked about all of that. Yeah. Um, you were already not exercising, crushing it. We started tracking your cycle because the goal was to get pregnant, right? Yeah. So what was that? You got one period. That's right. You got your first period. And that was funny. We got on a call and you, were, you had or, already ovulated. Like our first call, you were like, so but I really know I was still really unsure yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. so we had no no data you hadn't like been tracking your cycle I don't think um and you were just like talking about your symptoms and you had really sore boobs and I don't know you some other things like maybe you'd been emotional or like crying yeah crying all the time (laughs) and I was like I was like um (laughs) I think that this is probably happening and in my head. I was like, this is definitely happening, but you just can't say that out loud. And I think like a couple days later, you got your period. It was the next morning, okay. the next morning. <laughs> and I know like, it was just crazy. Like the second I got on a call with you, I get my period the next day. Yeah. And like, that has said, nothing to do with it. <laughs> but it was like, I don't know if it was like the step that I needed to take to like get a coach and figure myself out because normally I like try and do stuff on my own and then it stresses me out and it, nothing works. Um, so I think it was kind of that surrender just to like have a coach and work through it together kind of thing and not feel so alone. But yeah, the very next morning 
I got my period and it was funny because that morning I woke up, I got in the shower and I felt really dizzy. Like I, th I thought I was going to pass out. So I got out of the shower, made my husband go downstairs and get me a water bottle. And he was like, maybe you're pregnant. And I'm like, maybe I'm like, let's take a pregnancy test. So I go to take a pregnancy test. I'm sitting on the toilet about to pee in a cup and lo and behold, mm. there's blood. <laughs> next next so, best thing. Yes. Yeah. All came down my eyes and yeah. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. You, so it, it didn't take you long, right? No, it was really cool. Three weeks to the day when I went all in. Yeah. So you were basically close and lying dormant, which right. we see is always, that's what everyone wants, right? You have, you kind of have like the dream situation. Yeah. But from there, I was like, well, uh, okay. Like what made, what made you decide to try and get pregnant straight away versus waiting three cycles? I knew that getting pregnant and having HA wasn't going to be an issue like if I were to get pregnant and like HA and I had HA and hadn't fully recovered, I knew that it wasn't going to hurt the baby. So we just tried and I didn't know like, okay, I could be fine, but maybe he's not fine. So all of those things kind of go in my head. And I was just like, we're going to try no matter what. So we, you know, yeah, start tracking my cycle and being very adamant about that. I was tracking just with the OPKs, the ovulation predictor kits. And then you introduced me to the basal, basal body temperatures. Mm -hmm. um, and so once I got my first period, then I started tracking my temperature too. Yeah. So that was like a roller coaster week, um, which was <laughs> really <laughs> was because you had, you started tracking your temperature and you were sending it to me every couple of days or something yeah. just so yeah. we could see what was going on because we're looking for signs that ovulation's coming and tracking cervical mucus. Uh, but you had some like rough nights of sleep, right? And so we weren't sure um, right. what to attribute the spikes to, um, spikes in temperature. And those are just types of things that happen. But we did start to see, okay, cervical mucus was coming and there was like a slow rise happening. And the, the information was there, it was there. So we were like, have sex. Yes. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. what happened then? <laughs> so we were still a little unsure because I had that spike, but you were like, well, maybe, but it's not as high as I normally see. So let's keep tracking. And then I got into a car accident and you were like, well, maybe the car accident kind of put your body back into stress. And so you were trying to ovulate and then you stopped and then maybe you're trying again now. Cause my, then my temperature started to rise a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So we were just unsure. And then I just, you know, kept tracking my temperatures and tracking and slowly, but surely they were just getting higher. And I wouldn't say a lot, but just, you know, little by little getting higher. Um, and the only big telling factor was my boobs were really big again. Um, and so then you were like, well, maybe you could take a pregnancy test and just see. And I was like, nope, too scared. Not going to do that. Like, it was I like seven days post. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah. <laughs> I'm really naughty because I'll I'll tell people like, oh, it's fine. <laughs> you can take it early. And I'm like thinking of movies, you know, and I'm like, I want a clear sign. Like I want to be throwing up in the toilet for me to know that I'm pregnant. But now that I've learned about all this, that doesn't happen right away. So that was silly. Um, and then we had gone to dinner with my family for my dad's birthday. And my mom knows all that was going on. And she, we were walking to go get food because they were food trucks and we kind of split up and the boys went somewhere else. And she was like, are you pregnant or have you taken a pregnancy test? And I'm like, no, why? And I was like, it's funny you say that my AJ coach told me to do that too, but I'm too scared. So I'm not, she's like, well, your boobs look really big. And that's how I knew I was pregnant was because her boobs got really big. And I was like, oh no, I was like, I don't know. Maybe I'll take one on Monday. And that was Saturday. So then Sunday morning, I get up to teach at like 4am. I teach across the seas. I teach English. And, um, I was like, you know what my, oh, I had tracked my temperature and it went up even a little bit more. I'm like, you know what? David's asleep. That's just- right. Yeah. We were monitoring that your, your temperature was staying high and we're like, oh. yes. Yeah. So Oh, whatever. He's sleeping. He's not going to know if I'm all upset. He won't even know about it. He won't be up for a few hours. So I go and take it. And I thought that the pregnancy, like the early predictor ones were like the OPKs and that they would take like only three minutes to get your answer, but they're five minutes. So my class had started and I was teaching English to my students and <laughs> trying to look at the pregnancy test and try and teach and try and look and try and teach. And at first I was like, dang it, there's nothing there. Then I looked one time and there was, there was that little line, that little faint line. And I just started bawling as I was teaching. And they were like, no, and I'm like, yes, (laughs) like my class needs to be over. No. Oh my God. Yes. So then I wasn't going to tell my husband. And then I went upstairs and he just straight up asked me, are you pregnant? And I'm like, how do these people know? Like, I don't understand. So I couldn't hold it in. I started laughing and he's like, you are. I was like, I think so. So then we took a digital one that really just confirmed everything. And it came pregnant in like two seconds. So we're pregnant. That is so cool. So that means you tested, do you know what day you tested on? Cycle day. 13 okay all right I think 13 yeah yeah because I think I was hassling you at 10 (laughs) so that sounds about right (laughs) yeah wait like the two weeks yes because Monday would have been 14 and I was gonna wait like the true two-week wait because Monday would have been two weeks and I ended up just taking it on that Sunday so cool yes so H.A got a period, got pregnant. Crazy. Yes. It worked. <laughs> when, when you do the thing, you know, when you do what you need to do, it works. And right. you're like like yeah. you want your body wants to ovulate and it's, it's, if everything's working as it should is we shouldn't have to have sex every two days to make this happen. Right. Like, yeah. Figure it out. And that was one thing I feel like was really eye-opening is you always preach that when everything's working correctly, your body wants to do this. You are made for that. And in the back of my mind, I was still nervous, like, okay, I got my period, but is it going to take me another six months 
for everything to be, you know, flowing properly in order to get pregnant. But that very next cycle, lo and behold. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just follow the temperature, follow the mucus, <laughs> and it will not let you down. <laughs> and I will say the temperature mm, was a lot easier than doing the OPKs only because my body really didn't react to those. Like never really got a true sign that I was ovulating through those. So that was kind of hard. Um, I just had to kind of, you know, track the cervic mucus and stuff like that. That was more telling than the OPKs. hundred percent. I get a lot of girls in the group will like send me a picture of their OPK or something. And I'll just be like, I just don't know. And often nothing happens. Right. So yeah, I don't like them all that much, but you know, other people swear by them. So yeah, maybe I just need to learn more about them. I don't know. And everyone's bodies. Yeah. Are different. Exactly. Exactly. Just like when you're pregnant, you know, some people have a surge of HCG much sooner than another woman will have it. So thus your test will display later or earlier, depending. Yeah. Cool. Well, congrats. So how many weeks are you today? I am seven weeks today. We get to have, or we get to go to our first ultrasound on Saturday. And I kind of pushed to let them or push them to let me come in a little bit earlier because Easter's on Sunday. So I want to have my ultrasound before Easter in hopes and prayers that everything goes good. And then we can tell my extended family on Easter and my Nana is who we really want to tell. (laughs) Oh, cool. So you want to see a little heartbeat, just get that confirmation. Yes. Yeah. Like my parents know, and like my siblings and his too, and like some of our close friends, but we're kind of keeping it a secret just until we get that confirmation. So yeah. Well, cool. There's not a whole lot to see us at (laughs) eight weeks, but yeah. It's still really cool. It's the coolest thing. I was like, oh my God, you can literally see the heartbeat. I just didn't understand that. Yeah. And it like, I talked to my friends and I'm like, are you sure at eight weeks you can hear it? Because I feel like it's just a little like blueberry in my belly. Like no way there's a heartbeat. And they're like, yep. Totally. It's actually freaking fascinating. It's, it's totally fascinating, but that's another person's show. Um, I appreciate you so much for sharing your whole story and given all of your tips and suggestions. I think this was a really particularly helpful episode for people. Is there anything else you wanted to enlighten people on or parting words for the ladies? I would just say for those of you going on your journey and you're in it right now, just stay the course as best you can, whatever you're, prizes at the end, whether it's just getting your period back or getting pregnant, keep your eye on the prize and just stay the course because it does work totally. and just gotta do the hard work. <laughs> yeah. And it makes me want to, makes me always like, I'm very protective of the people that it's really hard for to make the commitment to. Yeah. And I think that like, I don't want anyone to hear this and be like, well, it was easy for her because she could make the changes. Right. Sure. You know, some people have some challenges with 
addiction to their exercise or to their food but I, th- I guess just take if that's you just take this as some further evidence that you know for just just today right mm-hmm. just for today right. this is yeah evidence that it works if you do it which mm-hmm. is what so many of us are looking for right we're, we're afraid that we're going to do this and it's not going to work right yeah and it, you've proven that it works yes so congrats. I'm really excited. I loved having you in my Zoom every week. <laughs> I think it was. It was really good. I'm so proud of you. And I can't wait to watch you balloon out. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> Did you want to share if people want to follow you or anything like that? Or come and ask you questions? Because that's the thing. Follow me. My Instagram is Kate, K-A-I-T, Blair, B-L-A-R-E. If you guys want to message me with questions or need tips and advice, let me know. Happy to help. Cool. There's always someone who's like, I resonated so much with your story. Um, I love it when people go and ask questions and get more support from the ladies on the show. So thank you very much. And everyone, I hope you have an amazing day. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.